0: Is it going? Is it recording actually yeah okay I sh- should we do an intro? uh
1: no intro necessary. no, no
0: intro, which is uh okay,
1: okay, okay, quick intro welcome, thanks for oh It's
0: beautiful oh I thought you was like welcome <laughs> welcome, that's it, oh my goodness, do we wanna like organize this episode or just like talk about what we um we can
1: we can structure it slightly. that would probably be wise
0: or, or good be. maybe. It would probably end up better than not being structured. All right, well, structure away, my friend. All right, should we should we go? Should we um, actually tell the listeners what we're talking about? So we are talking about mm-hmm. we the read the well. We both listened to the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. So the first volume, right? The first yep. volume of the Lord of the Rings. So that is cool, and we're gonna talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yay! How cool is it though? I that remains to be seen. I I don't know. I I
1: enjoyed it a lot. Uh, <laughs> I I really did. I mean, I guess we could just start talking or we could structure it. But uh other than chronologically, I mean, we could like think a while about
0: themes and stuff. But Yes, actually I had some I was listening to it, and I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if there's like strange correlations between this and that." Well, we can get into it. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty popular <laughs> piece of work. I mean, most people have seen the movies. So we are going to be unvigilant about spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it or read the books. I per- I would personally say read the books or listen to the books first, and mm-hmm. then watch the movies. I personally, yeah, I personally wish that I. Don't, I, I don't know because I didn't do it that way. So I well, I know, but I, I don't was know I was good. listening to it, and I like I wished that I had read the book first before watching the movies. Actually, funny story. My first ever exposure to Lord of the Rings was a Lego Lord of the Rings game. And if anyone knows what a Lego, like the video game, if anyone knows how Lego video games work, they tell the story, but they do it in like a, uh, a wacky, funny way. They take some liberties. Yeah, they, yeah, they take some <laughs> liberties. So that is how I got exposed to Lord of the Rings. And that's how I knew the story of Lord of the Rings before I even watched the movies. So that's, that's my... <laughs> Introduction. So I had a very strange first Lord of the Rings story, I guess, exposure. Which is weird. It's kind of weird. Like I I, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, the first time I ever got the Lord of the Rings story was through a Lego Lord of the Rings video game. I was like, that's so weird. Like and it, it tells it pretty accurately. Like I knew when I watched the movies for the first time, I like knew everything that was going on because of the video the Lego. Thing I was like, you you knew all the stuff that would happen. Yeah, it's just like the main parts. (laughs) Yeah, so I was like not surprised at anything. I was like, oh, this is cool, but it's not like funny or jokey or gaggy like the Lego games are. (laughs) So I was like, that's just a weird, Uh a (laughs) weird way to get introduced to a piece of work.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that one before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was like, I was thinking, I was like, wow, what a weird. I don't know. I'm saying weird a lot, but that's my exposure. So I did end up watching the movies before reading the book. Um I do heartily enjoy the Lord of the Rings uh, movies and books, book. Um I'm you could say I'm a fan. I, especially cuz I like that genre, I guess, fantasy just like yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. And so it's right up my alley there. Huh. What about you, Caleb, as far as exposure and if you enjoyed it? Um so I guess I didn't know anything.
1: About the Lord of the Rings. Until. Like I'd I'd heard of it. But I didn't know anything about. What it was. Necessarily. And then I just. Watched it. Because it was popular. I started watching. Like in the middle. Of. The Return of the King. Wait what? (laughs) No way. That's because I was. With friends. And whatever. So. But then I didn't remember everything from that. And then a little bit later, I just uh, got the movies from the library and started watching them in order, I think. Yeah, I think I watched them all in order after that. And then I just would get them out of the library occasionally. And then, I mean, then my sister got into them and... Watched them too many times, so now I can <laughs> basically know all the lines of the movies. You've gotten ruined, I think. Oh. So <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'll need to watch the Lord of the Rings movies for another two or three years, at least.
0: You can always rewatch them again. Yeah, I've, I've done that. <laughs> but do you enjoy the uh, series, or no, not really? Uh, the I think the films were
1: pretty well put together. Um, especially, like, if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff on how they did a lot of that, it's very impressive. Um, kind of It's kind of a cutting-edge film as far as, like, um, some of the tech and the models that they used for, like, you see a lot of these huge structures and stuff and the big pan around of that. You might think it's CGI, but actually, it's a combination of mostly, like, actual models that were, like, six to ten feet high or something and they're super realistic and then also a little bit of CGI just to complete like the background or whatever yeah. but that's super I think it's one of the first films that kind of went that far and was able to create such large scale things like and you actually could look at it and think that it's real
0: yeah make it believable
1: enough yeah yeah and they did a lot of cool like camera stuff because they have to have like the different proportions. Like the hobbits have to look short, even though they're just normal, normal sized people. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to, depending on the shot, they had to do a lot of different ways of portraying them as looking really small. And you, when you're watching the film, you never even think about that unless you're like a,
0: a true nerd or a <laughs> fan. <laughs> so yeah, it's true. But so that's that's pretty neat. I I do think I want to get into like the differences between the movie and the book, but yeah, there like are a lot of differences,
1: and I think that that's like the only way I can read the books because I watched all the movies first and the Hobbit movies as well, and uh, yeah, I th- I watched, I might have read the Hobbit book before I finished all the Hobbit movies. That's a possibility, but around the same time, but anyways. When I'm reading The Lord of the Rings books, this is my second time reading The Fellowship of the Ring, It, I can only think of it in comparison to the movies. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, this is different, and this line is different, and this person didn't really say this, and this character is missing, and whatever. And it's just, I don't know, uh, the movies have taken up too Large of a part of my brain, <laughs> <laughs> they've they've overtaken you, Caleb. Yeah. You're cor-
0: fully corrupted by the movies.
1: <laughs> uh, more or less, uh, <laughs> more more absorbed than corrupted. I hope, <coughs> hopefully, it's not. <laughs>
0: they're not that malicious in their intents yeah. towards me. I don't think they're that malicious, but I'll I'll get into like the the writing, how the book was is written, which is kind of interesting. I. I really enjoyed it. It was quite well-crafted. It's kind of weird because the JR token does a good job at sprinkling in enough lore and, like, background and history, like exposition, and doesn't go overboard all the time, and it's nice. Like, it's a very well-built world as far as that goes. Like, the world-building is nice, and it's not... Because I a lot of times fantasy books is just like it bogs you get bogged down by all these like specific things and like in Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings even the magic is like just there you don't get to know much really so it's really cool and refreshing to have that yeah I
1: I guess uh, it it comes with being a really good writer and he studied Tolkien studied a lot of the old um, the old stories like the really old English stuff. Beowulf, or um, the other one, the the one with the the monster and named Grendel, and
0: that's Beowulf.
1: Oh, that is that is Beowulf.
0: I'm pretty sure. Okay, uh, at least that's that's what I. thought. Oh, I was
1: thinking, uh, I was thinking, that pick of Gilgamesh, but that isn't that isn't English. So
0: <laughs>
1: well Beowulf is the oldest like old English thing. I'm pretty yeah yeah. That of Gilgamesh is like super old and it written in like Sumerian or something some one of the <laughs> languages that doesn't even like isn't even spoken anymore yeah more or less mostly more mm, more so <laughs> uh yeah i think he i think he does a really good job of telling a fantasy story in a world where you can relate well to the characters and environments and that's very difficult if you your ideas of what a fantasy world looks like on your readers, so you either have to be amazingly intricate in thinking through how your change in, like, uh, setting is going to affect all the different characters... Or you have to steal it from somebody else who did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And that's what everyone does now. Yeah. <laughs> so they steal from Tolkien who did, like, these huge studies of, like, all the all the really old languages and the really old stories in particular. And he can imagine from that he gathered a lot of experience. Like, you see, like, the symbols and stuff, the
0: runes and stuff
1: the ring is representing power and intuitively that just feels correct but in like if you're just going to make something up you might not be able to make something up as convincing as a ring that represents power
0: yeah it's definitely interesting in like the the interchange between the ring and what what it does to it's possessor, holder, I guess, I guess, bearer. Um, yeah. And, and, like, how it affects other people and how it, it has the underlying tones of, like, absolute power corrupts absolutely, too. And yeah,
1: I think it just does a great job of showing, depending on whose character, who, which character is wielding it or interacting with it, it just shows what power can do to different sorts of people, I guess, and what you can let it do, and to what extent you can control it, depending on how powerful you are in
0: yourself. So, yeah. Kind of interesting. Definitely, definitely. Um, also, the world of that Middle Earth that J.R. Token creates is, like, super, super crazy and in-depth. Like, you, you can tell, like, he really fleshed out his world before he even started writing. Like, he knows what's going on here. Like, I bet there is, yeah. <laughs> l- I bet there is, like, a whole... His whole like a whole few books of like just the world lore, so that he can easily reference it and stuff. Like he creates, I'm pretty sure at least, I know he created like a whole the whole Elvish language, yeah, writing is. system and stuff. And I don't know if he did any others, but like that's how in depth he goes, which is crazy. And I also have to say, if you read the books or get a good audiobook reader, there's a lot of song in the book, which is yeah. kind of funny to me. <laughs> and it's all b- done really well. Like, I was, like, impressed. I was like, wow, this guy knew what he was doing. It's a lot of songs and a few poems as well. Yeah, so. like, it, it was impressive. I was like, wow, this is good. This is definitely part of it. And it kind of tied it together as far as that goes and making it more believable in the world of Middle Earth in that sense.
1: Yeah, I would, I'd always thought of Tolkien that he kind of went too in-depth with the languages in particular, just because in my own study of languages, I choose to focus on things that are, like, super useful. I do understand, like, the draw to, like, mysterious languages that nobody knows about or creating your own language or something like that, but I just never really seriously entertained the idea. But if – I guess if that's what's required to – understand your world to that extent, then maybe he kind of sacrificed all that time in order to just bridge away for all the modern fantasy writers nowadays to look back and see some... They they can go off of his work instead of having to everybody just tell a basic story that they come up with all by theirsel- themselves, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to talk about the, kind of the progression of the overall story. And it's funny to me when reading it, or listening to it, reading it, um, the fact that it's actually, especially this first book, or the first volume, it's actually very, very slow and almost uneventful. And it has a lot of scenes of, mostly tension which the movie did portray quite well and they did add and change things to make it yeah a little more movie like yeah you see like whenever movement is
1: happening the movie is going to differ quite a bit from the book
0: yeah for instance in the book they stop at places a lot longer in the movie like they're in rivendell for like four months or something almost half a a a good while (laughs) yeah and then they're and and all the um all the timeline and events are a lot more spread out because he, but it doesn't like the book doesn't necessarily feel slow. No, the first one doesn't. The second one does in my opinion. Oh really? I I haven't read it yet. So, but, and it kind of moves along nicely, but still giving that full like feeling of a journey and it's taking time and stuff. And it, it, it's weird because he doesn't, like, overly describe things, too. Like, the battle scenes, they're good, but they're not super, um, like, technical in depth. Yeah, the the thing that can ruin a battle scene
1: is your reader doesn't know what's happening anymore. And it's just, like, if they read it really slowly and kind of visualized everything in their minds, they might be able to get a handle on it which is a problem with a lot of fantasy writers, I think. But Tolkien does a great job. He just focuses on the details that matter, like, oh, Frodo got shot with an arrow, Mm -hmm. and Gandalf did this to this orc, or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then they, they
0: like, (laughs) slayed, the other guys slayed, like, three orcs while that was going down, basically. Something, but written better. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So I I just thought it was interesting, because it was almost, like, refreshing of how the battle scene is, we're told. And I was like, oh, that's that's a neat way to way do it. Way better like, than most people yeah, do. Cause like yeah, because, you, like, you get it, and it's not, like, cramming uh, too much information down your throat, and it's... But it's not, like... It's almost like there's a lot of room for own imagination and interpretation in some ways. Mm. In the fact of, like, what...
1: Yeah, and also, going back to the, like, the time passing, I thought... I always get a kick out of, like, the, the beginning of the book, how how different it is, like, the Shire timings. Um, like, the birthday party, Bilbo's birthday party at the beginning, in the movie, it's shown as Frodo gets the ring that, like, right then, and then Gandalf tells him that he has to leave, like, right then, but in reality...
0: He was in the Shire for, like, 20 or 30 yeah, years it's just a, sitting there. It's a
1: really long time that passes. And I, I guess it, it makes sense that the movie kind of gets things flowing more. And they arrive in the Prancing Pony, like, that night. And, and in the book, it's like they there's a lot of stuff that happens yeah. before the Prancing Pony. Yeah,
0: honestly, actually, a huge, a huge interesting thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, if you've known anything, you understand... Kind of why they took out Mm -hmm. the Tom Bomb Bombadil scenes in the movie, just because it's like a slow, weird intermediate portion. I think they should have left it in. They left stuff goofier than that in the Hobbit. Well, well, no, no, Hobbit is a whole different animal. Hobbit's a whole different animal. Hobbit, they took one book and spread it out into three movies. In Lord of the Rings, they took three books and put them all in one movie each, or (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. almost uh, like that. It should have been opposite, in my opinion. Because, but anyways, um, maybe not opposite, but it's just funny what they did. And also, just an observation, it's funny that there's more lore in The Lord of the Rings about The Hobbit than there is in The Book of The Hobbit. <laughs> I always, yeah, that's it always, it always actually made true. Me, it made me <laughs> laugh because it's like, oh, that's funny. Like, I'm getting information about what actually went down in The Hobbit rather than how much you get when you read The Hobbit. But anyways, I was saying how Tom Bombadil is a really strange character as far as like what he represents in that whole thing like i was trying to like think i'm like what is this like what is his purpose and place in the story and in even the world like he's just like this random guy who was like basically there from the beginning he's just like happy all the time and he like has no care in the world like what is his he's place like, he's like the nature lord basically like. it's so weird and like hmm, it, it really made me think why 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 he's not involved in there? Yeah,
1: it, 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 I don't know. Maybe, maybe Tom Bombadil is a character that you can't linger on in a book too long, and that's why he's only like mentioned in this one part of the story, and he isn't like coming back at the end to save everybody and <laughs> which, stuff,
0: which he probably could do. It's the funny thing. He's like this strange, well, maybe magical thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But he only, he doesn't command the nature as much as he is in tune with it more. Is, yeah, kind of, he's like the master of the nature. Yeah. But he doesn't misuse his power, I guess is what he's, I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, but it was also just interesting, like the fact of the ring having no hold on him. And he's, and like what that actually means in the whole well, he's not things. enticed by power. Yeah, and I was thinking, I was like, does that is he is it is Tolkien trying to like draw on the fact that, like being super old and wise? Because even like you see it with the elves in a sort of sense. Like, obviously they're still corrupted by it, but they know better than to mess with it a lot more than humans normally do with the ring. So, like, the fact mm-hmm. of correlation between with like old uh, age and wisdom and being able to withstand something. It but I'm not 100% sure. I was just kinda like thinking at the possibilities of the correlation there. Yeah, he is super old. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is it's funny. Older than
1: before the elves came, it says in the book. So that's a really long time ago. Very basically. Time ago. And I guess he's married to like um the water god, yeah, the water goddess, the water god's daughter, like I, gu- I think is like a water lily, called. yeah,
0: lady or something.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but I guess it's, I guess it's just his whole character is symbolizing first somebody who's like healthily, healthily grounded as an individual, maybe, and then also he his
0: relationship with nature, maybe, yeah. But like like Caleb was saying, uh, it's almost like something that you needed to keep breathe in an instant, and otherwise it would just be like too much to dwindle.
1: Yeah, if the whole story was about Tom Bombadil. Then it would be nothing would be difficult anymore. W-
0: yeah, yeah, I guess so.
1: It, it, it's about like uh, it's about the other characters striving to uh, do certain things. and It's not about them getting helped
0: out of things as much all the time. Yeah, like
1: you do see, you see that they do get rescued from like mostly the Barrel White,
0: mostly by Gandalf. Well, he didn't rescue him from the Barrel
1: White. Yeah, that him. was that was the last time you see Tom. I think. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so like
0: Tom is just like coming in clutch to like the Hobbits on their own don't know what they're doing when yeah, they're traveling. He saves them from the Willow. It just happens. Long Willow's uh, about to you destroy can s- them. Swallow them up. Um. So yeah, and then. One of the main things when I'm reading this is I would have liked to know what I would have thought if I knew that Gandalf more potentially died than what I know now. Like I wonder how as a un as a not knowing the full story and I just read the first book, like how Gandalf's death basically, quote unquote, would have like impacted me, like would have been like, Oh, he's not really dead, or would have been like, Oh, Gandalf just died, like he's gone.
1: Yeah, you see it I think you see it a little bit in Frodo towards the end because he has to make like his own decision to take the ring by himself. And I yeah. think if Gandalf is still uh, in that
0: it would change what
1: Yeah, I don't I think he would immediately just look to Gandalf, but if Gandalf's not there, he has to he's yeah. forced to make his own decisions. Yeah. Which I think is a good Actually, thing yeah, for Frodo's character.
0: That's a that's a really good point. Like I didn't think about the fact of oh, the non the mentor character and the basically the leader being yeah. gone. And uh, the
1: leadership also transfers from Gandalf to uh, Aragorn. Yep, and you see Aragorn starting to develop into the king character and
0: very slowly, but yeah.
1: Well, yeah, his evolution is <laughs> three volumes long, <laughs> but you see you see that kind of start a little bit by him taking. Authority see, over the Gandalf quest. intentionally.
0: If the Belrog didn't grab his leg, he would have just jumped in after him. <laughs> he knew, yeah, probably. That's, that's Gandalf. <laughs> He's like, "All right, see you guys, bye." <laughs> he he would have like he would have like left them a quick message
1: and then, <laughs> I got some matters
0: it. to attend to. Oh, I'm a wizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: <laughs> oh. And the evolution of Gandalf is something for the second book, I guess.
0: So <laughs> we probably won't get into that much. Yeah, but that that was always like. I wonder how I would have taken that if I would have not known, and how as a reader that would have been either more or less impactful in certain ways. Yeah,
1: as a reader, I think you would actually believe he's dead. Well, but yes. in the movie, it's just like, oh, he fell. Yeah, you know. So it's, it it's isn't. At, it doesn't sink in yeah. as far because you see this too much.
0: Yeah, yeah, and also it it foreshadows through Frodo that Gandalf isn't dead in the end of. Like when they when he sees in the the, the mirror. pool, yeah. yeah, or the at uh, Lothlorien, yeah, I'm trying to, yeah. So and also speaking of Lothlorien, that whole th- Galadriel is kind of strange, in my opinion, with the fact that she is one of the ring bearers and all that goes down.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's really cool that Sam can't see the ring on her f- finger, but Frodo can. I'm like. So power kind of has, has shown him something. Like, th- his power has kind of allowed him to see the power that others wield more yeah. so. I don't it know if that's what Tolkien was going for.
0: Yeah, the weirdest thing about the ring that doesn't make sense to me is it always, always claimed as a super powerful thing, but if you really think about it, like, what does it really... What is it really able to do? Like, yes, it, it says if you're more powerful, it'll be... It'll make you even like it'll exponentially be more powerful than if you're weak. But based on what we know, like we don't really, the readers don't really understand like what's its true power, which is strange to me because it's always, it's like a known that it's powerful and it's, and it's a known to everyone in the world that it's powerful, but it just seems lackluster in the fact that it's powerful from all the experiences. And I I guess... Yeah, I think leaving it
1: non-specific, it just leaves it to your imagination and you can see what each character would want to do with it. I think it's just you can use it with your own power and it just magnifies that and you can do whatever you wanted to do with
0: it. So it's pretty ambiguous as far as what is the quote-unquote ability of it. Yeah, it's just a symbol of power. So the more specific you get, the
1: less you keep it as a symbol i think interesting and I, I don't i don't think like reading it i mean there is a part of you that wants to know what exactly it can do
0: and it does it does elude a little bit like basically control over the race um if you're able to yeah um, you can
1: control other rings ring bearers if power basically. if you have a power of will strong enough to do so so Galadriel kinda tells this to Frodo. She says that she could use the ring to do this and that. And Frodo I don't remember exactly how the conversation goes, but he's basically wondering if he could use it to control other people with a ring. And she was like, Nah, you don't you don't yeah, have you, the power you, of you, will. You <laughs> so uh,
0: <laughs> sorry. You're not you have no constitution. You would break your
1: mind. Would yeah, there. she she basically said that that he would not be that he would destroy himself by doing it. Yeah, which is by trying it.
0: Another interesting thing. I was like,
1: yeah. uh, let's see. So, trying something with your power that's beyond your natural Abil- ability is going to destroy you, and I think that's a very potent truth, and you can see that from a lot of history.
0: Yeah. This has not exactly been chronological so far. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, we didn't do any like order or uh, introduction. Like, we didn't say any of the characters. We just assumed that if you, it's so popular, we assumed that we n- everyone knows what we're talking about. Yeah, and I think it, in in most of the cases, it's true, especially if it if this episode has a title. That well, we, we
1: did start out, I think, by telling them to go and read or watch. It's true. Depending it's true. on the yeah. order. Probably read first, I guess. I would. I would suggest recommend read. if you want to do both, read first. Yes, because it's more boring. But if You
0: know, if you know you're not going to read <laughs> something, then just watch the movies. They're they're quite quite faithful. In all, in all honesty, they did a good job. They're also.
1: they're pretty good movies. Yeah.
0: yeah. Actually, I guess that's a decent segue into actual like what the difference is between the movies. Obviously, the movies took away the bo- the bomb, the Tom Bombadil section, <laughs> section, and they shortened all the trip journeys.
1: Yeah, everything where the journey is,
0: it's like oh, just sure. just <laughs> down
1: the road in the movies. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they uh, they added a few scenes with race, and to make it more impactful, and also took took away a few scenes with the race to make it less tension. Because a lot of the, in the beginning, it's a lot of tension between the race find wraith ring wraiths finding Frodo, and it's a drawn out thing. Where in the movie, because you don't want to. Three hours of just Frodo going out of the Shire, almost getting caught half the time, or getting really lucky. So they, like, mushed it, condensed it, and then kind of movie atized it as far as a few key scenes of action, and then not tension. Like, there is definitely tension between the race finding them, but it's less drawn out. It's more like drawn out. a little bit of suspense. Yeah, It's not you aren't actually
1: genuinely worried about whether the Wraiths will get the ring it's just creating some maybe maybe suspense isn't the right word then
0: yeah, kind of proving it myself it's wrong. wrong it's, it's <laughs> a, there's definitely a little but it it slackens it in the in the way and uh, and another thing that the movie does is it sometimes switches it, it took away gilgalad which is like this elf lord dude who's pretty insane and replaces it with Arwen, Arwen or Galadriel, they're the two. Arwen then. I thought it was Ar- Eowyn.
1: Eowyn is not an elf.
0: Oh, well the lady elf that Aragorn Yeah, ends up Arwen. Arwen. Yeah. Th- okay, I guess I always and it switches those. Well, it doesn't switch them, but it takes out Arwen and puts in Gilgalad, who's like I said this insane old elf lord dude who's pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, Arwen is in the books. Yeah, she's like mentioned in the first book and that's it. So it's just like she's just like that one elf that it, Aragorn kind of likes sometimes. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it, and it's like alluded to that it's like
1: she was there and
0: she was like with Aragorn and then and it's alluded it. it's alluded to that they're a good representation of the old relationship between the two the elf and the human way back when. It's like, "Oh yeah, they're like they're like those people." Like everyone knows it. It's like that. It's like those people who you who don't admit that they're dating or something, but everyone else knows they're dating. It's basically that. Hmm. In in <laughs> this in the in the terms of like their interesting perspective. <laughs> no, in the in the terms that they're the direct copy of what happened a long time ago. Cause everyone knows this story and in the elves and they're like, Yeah, these this is kind of similar. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is funny to me. It's just like, yep it just uh, like a thing.
1: Yeah, I don't you don't really see Arwen a lot in this book. Uh, you see her a bit more in the later books. Not sure about book 2. I mean, volume 2. But I know volume 3 she she's obviously at the end and stuff like that.
0: Yep. And but yeah, like I said, other than that I was impressed at how faithful and good the movie ab- adaptation really did portray the books and it is very close. Yeah. yeah, In my opinion, they did, they made the necessary changes. Otherwise it would have turned out worse for movie format, which I was impressed. I'm like, yeah, they did have, they had some solid direction because sometimes it's always like, well, the book or the movie is quite different or the movie just doesn't do it justice. But like, even like all the scenes of the ring getting put on and the stuff that is more imagined in the book where you're like, Oh, it's, more like the the mm-hmm. realm of when you put on the ring that's like you basically it Tolkien gives you a few like describing words, but other than that it's up to your imagination of what really goes on and what is seen. Yeah. And like the draw of the ring is well done with like music and stuff. So I appreciate that. I was like, yeah, that's a good Yeah. All well done. Also
1: just a random side thing we're talking about that how the time passes differently and frodo is actually like 50 when he goes on the journey in the book and he d- I don't know even for Hobbit I don't think he looks quite like he's 50 in the movie
0: <laughs> well it did, say that th- th- it did say that the ring kept him at like 30 because he had he got oh, yeah. the ring at 30 yeah. 33, 33. yeah so I that can be plausible but the other characters if other hobbits that if they're that old too, they don't look <laughs> that old. <laughs> yeah, like hobbits have a time and a half of human lifespan, basically.
1: Yeah, more or less. For like a really old hobbit, they could get to uh, one hundred and twenty.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a little longer. It seems like they they don't dwindle as fast. It seems like how
1: old, how it says how old the old Took was. Died, and I assume he was really old because it's in his name, and it compares him to how old Bilbo is. Hmm. I think I think he died when he was like 120.
0: I always figured it was more for some reason. Hmm.
1: Well, it definitely is for the the ring possessing hobbits, yes. of Bilbo and Frodo.
0: It's funny how the hobbits always happen, to, or some sort of hobbit always happens to get involved with the rings.
1: Yeah, I have no idea what that meaning is, but it's see. I don't know. There's probably there's some sort of reason for that. I don't know if it's like the classic underdog tale, or what.
0: Oh, we should have had Liz over for the Lord of the Rings. Uh. Yeah,
1: we. I, I don't remember. We might have, we might have like mentioned the Lord of the Rings when Liz was on. But <laughs> Maybe next yeah. time. Did
0: she even read the books? No. Okay. Well, but. That's kind she of doesn't read, so. Well, she has to read the books because it's about the book.
1: I don't, I don't remember how much the second and third <laughs> books differ, but I think it's, I think it's a decent amount, about as much as the first book differs from the movies.
0: Yeah, but overall, I very much enjoyed the book, and I'm looking forward to reading the next two. And yeah. <laughs> I'm excited because actually, the Two Towers is my favorite movie, so I'm hoping. It used to
1: be my favorite. I don't know if
0: it is anymore it's it's a really good movie. Yeah. So, I'm I'm uh, kind of crossing my fingers here, but I have I have good well, good hopes and good Best of luck. I have well, I have I'm fairly confident that the writer well, audiobook
1: is probably easier. I I did um paper copy and oh. I I like breeze through the first book cuz it's like not that bad. And then the second book, I I think I spent about two years on the second book. Whoa. Just picking at it little by little. And then the third book I just kind of committed and it flowed a little more naturally just because like everything is wrapping up kind yep. of a thing. Yep. So but yeah, the second I I at least thought that it was pretty boring towards the oh, yeah. middle. Well an oh, audio book you can yeah. bear that a little more, yeah. I feel.
0: If it's boring just put it on mm-hmm. double speed. Yep, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Oh, you know what's really weird to me is that they in the book he did not Tolkien did not describe what orcs or elves look like. Yeah, yeah. He just describes hobbits, and that's when and that's uh, in passing. He mentions
1: very few d like physical details. I was surprised.
0: I was like, if I was reading this, I guess I just have to imagine, like, pick up what this would be like. Which I was only just like that? the only thing about the physical
1: descriptions you get is like remarks. Sometimes people make characters. like the dwarves say like buy my beard" a lot. Yeah. So you're like,
0: well, I guess the dwarves must all have beards, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or and they and they reference the fact that they're smaller and much stronger builds a lot. Yeah, a- yeah. And, and that. it makes sense. And you them. get that indirectly from a lot of Gimli's
1: comments mm-hmm. too. Yeah. That he's he kind of like
0: hardier almost yeah he'll he'll
1: say that he can keep going and do way more work than any of the others like he says comments like that a few times so you kind of you kind of get a little bit of a feel yeah. for the yeah but and it's then like the really elves slow are, the elves yeah. are like portrayed as being like almost like not physical completely so they can like float almost like on the edge legolas can walk on the top of the snow when they all have to plow through it he's like wearing just shoes and i didn't even notice that in the movie until i'd read the book are
0: you serious yeah i'd read (laughs) he's like walking i read the book and i was like
1: whoa he's just walking on top of the snow and then in the movie i noticed it and i was like whoa i
0: didn't even i didn't even see that (laughs) that's funny i mean yeah so i was just like surprised i was like oh they just Basically passed over and maybe that's part of my Yeah, that's why I'm like I wish I read this with no previous knowledge because I wonder how I would How you would envision it envision it and how would I like oh, what's an orc like what does this really mean? Like what are they facing?
1: Yeah, like I don't know. What
0: would I imagine their danger level being or it seems like the danger level? It
1: feels like it's less in the books than the movie I would say that too. Honestly, cuz like you don't cuz it only it doesn't like the movie it focuses a lot on like showing these orcs as being big and bad and terrible and mean or if they're like the,
0: the little the, the little guys they're all like there's a lot of them and they're yeah they play dirty and stuff
1: but in the books is like and there were a bunch of orcs, and <laughs> they were pretty nervous about that. Yeah. But then they, like, killed them all, and it yeah, was fine. Yeah, <laughs> Basically. I, that's an exaggeration, <laughs> of course. But.
0: Yeah, oh, Boromir died. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, they killed them all. Aragorn basically slew them all. <laughs> yeah. That's basically how it goes down. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> that is technically
1: what goes down in the movies as well, but I guess in the movies you see the battle, and yeah. in the books you read the battle, and it's written a little bit, less focused on how bad the orcs are and more on showing a little bit
0: of how the characters fight, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, oh, man, if only, if only. But I'm not too disappointed, and I just thought it was a weird observation to have. And I always liked, I also liked during the books where Tolkien moves the world without, like, this is a common if you're a good writer, but you move the world along without, it's not just the main character who's doing things. Obviously, yeah and and he does a good job tying it all together,
1: like the minds of Moria, you see that a bunch of time has passed since uh their last contact with the dwarves there, and they're kind of unsure they they don't even know how to get in the door at first, <laughs> and so it's kind of like a whole mystery to them because so much time has passed, and then you see the what really happened like they got destroyed by yeah. a, these like uh, probably trolls or something of that nature or a horde of goblins or something. Yeah. Oh, I also, one thing I really appreciated is there's Gandalf's dialect, uh, not his dialect, his dialogue with ring bearers. I like it way better in the books because in the movies, they put it at like, you know how you have to have the wise character say something at certain spots in the movies? Yeah. So they have they have Gandalf giving ringbearer advice to the ringbearer at those points in the movies. When in the books Which I don't think it's wrong. Yeah. But in the books you get it all like all in this big thing at the beginning when he's talking to Frodo. Yeah. And instead of him saying he talks about Gollum, and you learn about Gollum way sooner. Yeah, yeah, like at the very beginning. And he
0: tells the famous line, "Oh, I don't know, if he might have a, some part to play." Good or yeah, a, exactly. At the very beginning. And in that,
1: uh, that was the part I was thinking of. And he says that in the minds of Moria. In the movies, in the yeah. movies, yep. but in I noticed the books, that too. I liked it way more. It was just loaded right in the front yeah. there. It's not like he oh says, yeah, I forgot to mention. Yeah, he says the line like um, many who do deserve life, yeah, and many, Can't, yeah. can you give it to them or something like that. So Well, hopefully we, I know obviously we didn't cover everything today, but we covered a little bit to kind of, I guess as always, this is basically what we do. We scratch the surface of something <laughs> and then let you, <laughs> you go do, and yeah, do more like if you like want.
0: We will, uh, yeah, this is the tip of the iceberg on most things.
1: Yeah, and this is when you're talking Lord of the Rings. It it really is. We yes, <laughs> we definitely. we did like a super abbreviated conversation of the first the first one. Basically, <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot more and there's a lot more behind the scenes. But um, if you're not into if you are into reading, go and read the books if that's what you want to do. And if not, the movies are. I don't uh, I don't know if they're quite excellent, but they're they're getting there. They're they're pretty close they're getting to
0: getting there? Are they slowly improving? They're getting there. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> they're they're close to excellent. <laughs> is what I mean, I guess. So but very, very cool stuff if you enjoy kind of the old story and fantasy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So
0: well crafted is what I would say.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess it is very exemplary of just good writing in general. I think.
0: Yeah, it was definitely not anything I was totally expecting to when I was going into it cuz I just had no pre-thought of what the story was going to be like as far as writing wise, so. Mm-hmm. Definitely give it a suggest. Indeed.
1: Well, all right. I think uh yeah, thank that you just for, about wraps things thank up. Thank <laughs> you
0: for listening. Yeah. Bye.